runasradio.com, you're listening to Run As Radio, the internet audio talk show for IT professionals with Richard Campbell and Greg Hughes. This is Carl Franklin introducing show number 46 with guest Marco Shaw, recorded Tuesday, February 12th, 2008. Run As Radio is brought to you each week by Quap Productions, providing professional media and podcasting services online at pwop.com. Hi, this is Richard Campbell. You're listening to Run As Radio. And with me is always my co-host, Greg Hughes. Hey there. How you doing? Uh, things are good, man. No rest for the wicked. Lots and lots to do. Busy, busy. That's for sure. Uh, we're coming into conference season now, so we're trying to figure out all the places we're going to end up. Uh, obviously, Tech Ed will be a big role for us in uh, June. Right. Back to Orlando. Two weeks for you this time. Yes. Two weeks for me. One for you. One for Carl. So uh, I That's think right. I'm... I'm going to sneak off for the weekend in between and try and rest and recover, so I'm good for both weeks. Yeah, two weeks in Orlando, that's uh, <laughs> that's pretty rough, man. But, I, yeah, know. That's punishment from some countries, I think. <laughs> uh, it's not that bad, <laughs> but, it's, but, it, but, it, but it is tiring. certainly is tiring. Yes, very challenging. Uh, conferences are going high speed, 12-hour days and a different party every night. It's It's a tough life. We've been spending some time, you know, a couple of shows. We've talked about PowerShell. We're doing it again today, really trying to drill down. It's such a broad uh, spectrum type of technology, you know, that the number of things that you can do with it and just trying to drill down and give people an idea of, you know, what are some of those things. Right. And let us know if we're hitting the topics you want to hear. Info at runasradio.com. We'd love your feedback on the shows we're doing and the ones we're missing. All right, Greg, let's introduce our guest. Marco Shaw is currently an IT systems analyst for one of Canada's leading telecommunications companies. He has been working in the IT industry for over 10 years. He recently received a Microsoft Most Valuable Professional Award for his contributions to the Windows PowerShell community. His personal blog is at marcoshaw.blogspot.com, where he covers all kinds of PowerShell-related topics. He's also a contributor and moderator to the new PowerShell community site at powershellcommunity.org. Welcome, Marco. Yeah, thanks a lot, guys. I appreciate the invitation and uh, hopefully uh, share some valuable information for everyone. Glad you can join us. Well, and PowerShell is just one of those topics I don't think we can get enough of. It's vast. There's so many different things going on, and it's one of those simple technologies that just seems to have taken the world by storm. People are doing things that I don't think anyone expected with it. Now, there there's definitely a lot of things, and like you mentioned, it is just growing and growing and, and, and following up with what uh, Kirk Monroe had said in, uh, in one of the previous episodes, one thing he didn't mention as well is that Microsoft actually made it part of their uh, uh, Common Engineering Criteria 2009, CEC 2009. So that basically means that by their 2009 fiscal year, which um, basically starts mid-2008, that um, all of their new server products coming out, uh, it is recommended that's what I understand from their common engineering criteria, that um, it's recommended that their product support PowerShell. And I, the way I see it, the way I see products coming out of Microsoft, I see them coming uh, basically in uh, two ways, or you could actually say three today. Uh, one, I see them tightly integrated with PowerShell. Uh, two, I see them loosely integrated with PowerShell. And then three, I see even today, you know, before we meet that 
that new date, if you will, some don't support PowerShell at all. Um, when I say tightly integrated, I could, like the perfect example is Exchange. PowerShell deeply rooted inside how Exchange works uh, from a system administ from an administration perspective. I mean, it's not written completely A to Z in PowerShell. Obviously, you have to see to, to do all of the, the Exchange engine and all that stuff. But any administrative tasks that may be done, they're all done through PowerShell, and the GUI all calls PowerShell commandlets underneath. Um, I also mentioned lightly integrated. That's where I see, like, uh, Operations Manager 2007 as lightly integrated with PowerShell. All of the base administrative functionality isn't based on PowerShell directly, although there is a uh, Operations Manager SDK that has been de developed that's available, and all of the PowerShell commandlets basically build on that. So it's not a fully functional PowerShell um, application, but you can do quite a bit of things as far as automating tasks and stuff like that from PowerShell uh, when you're uh, managing Operations Manager 2007. And then, of course, the third case um, is there's just, there's still things that are coming out that don't really have any PowerShell support. And, I mean, obviously, like, recently enough, Office 2007 came out, you know, last year or, or whatever. Um, it's more of a client application, so it's not really in their server class if you will, so there's not really going to be a lot of PowerShell support in it. Yeah, I don't think there needs to be a lot of PowerShell support on the office side, except that, I mean, I always think of PowerShell from an IT administrator's point of view, so being able to deploy products via PowerShell or configure products via PowerShell, I think, could be quite compelling. I'm also very impressed with the leap that IIS took in 7 that I can provision via PowerShell and, and pretty much any configuration settings available to me. Yeah, I also see that um, the support for PowerShell, as far as IS is concerned, getting getting even even more being uh, better, even more developed as we move forward. Because uh, I I didn't fully look at IS seven, but I believe they released a manufacturer version. They at least um, have a WMI provider, and they also have the command uh, app app CMD. Right. That you can actually easily run from PowerShell to exactly like you said, you can provision sites and uh, applications. You can stop and start applications with AppCMD. I know that was one thing that was missing uh, quite a bit or a lot of people were missing from previous versions of IS. You know, if you have an application that runs away and stuff, you want to maybe try to script some way to restart that application. Well, you had to go through a whole bunch of things to try to actually figure out the application name and all those things to restart it. But now with uh, the new app CMD, you can easily find it and then restart the application. Seems like if you have a situation where you need to do complicated things over and over again, PowerShell is just sort of a dream. I I, I know I've seen some really complicated, uh, you know, multi-tier web applications that being deployed, configured, and maintained all via PowerShell. It's it's really pretty cool. What are some of the things that you've seen or heard about that people have done with PowerShell that just sort of make you say, "Wow"? Well, there there is one particular case where um, um, there's a, a website called um, www.powershellguy.com, and his name is Mark Van Orsu. He's from the Netherlands, and he actually wrote an entire WMI Explorer, uh, all from PowerShell. 
So, I mean, if you go to the website and then you, you, uh, he's, he's got a little search place and I think he also has a tag maybe for it as well that you can click on, uh, WMI Explorer. He wrote a pretty sophisticated application, uh, entirely in PowerShell. So using, uh, the, uh, .NET Framework, uh, Windows, uh, Windows Forms that gives a lot of information. And that's, that's a perfect example of somebody, you know, going above and beyond and, and creating something all running from PowerShell. Wow, I, I found the blog post, How to Create a Windows Form for Displaying Log Files from PowerShell. That's really cool. There is a lot of functionality that you can you can duplicate um, as far from Windows Forms. And I one thing that, uh, that people have uh, recently enough developed is, uh, is a, a tool where you can basically trans uh rewrite if you will your windows forms you can actually use like visual basic uh uh i should say visual c sharp or visual c sharp express draw your form so you can drag and drop all of your elements right. drag and drop the sizes resize your windows and all that stuff and then you can actually export it into a powershell script and then you can add you know extra functionality from there right and and i'm looking at the code that he's done here and of course because PowerShell has access to .NET, all of this is pretty straightforward. He's just creating a, an instance of a form, and then he's setting properties on it, creating controls in the context of that form, and setting their properties, and bit by bit, just building up the form the hard way. But And I get your, your point, Marco, that it'd be a lot easier to go into an Express Edition of Studio, design that form, and then uh, be able to reference it in your PowerShell code. Just save yourself the grief. And, and again, that per- perfect example of that as far as just creating the form and then all of the hard work that goes on uh, in the back end is uh, is that WMI Explorer. I, I didn't count how many lines of code are in it, but uh, it's it's fully featured. Um, you can click on the menus and you can you can dig down further, and uh, it, it provides a lot of functionality. And that's one of the cool things out in the community, if you will, that I've seen people do uh, Windows Forms with. Well, I think. WMI is just one of those technologies that's not well understood as to everything it can do. Uh, I don't know how comfortable you are with it, but uh, talk to us a bit about what's there and, and why we care. Well, I had put out this question uh, a few months ago, basically, to some people at Microsoft, just trying to understand how, how some of the uh, the people there, especially in, within the PowerShell team, where they saw WMI going. Is it on its way out? Is it, you know, slowly on its way out? But, but then they came back and said, you know, there's, there's a lot of people that are still investing a lot of time and resources into WMI providers for different products. Right. So WMI is, is around to stay. Um, until I started looking at PowerShell more, I didn't know a whole lot about the .NET framework. I didn't know a whole lot about WMI, but you know, more and more I'm learning about these. And just about at least every application coming out of Microsoft, there's, uh, there's server products, there's WMI support in that product. So well, that definitely helps you create scripts or even applications to, to, to automate because you can pretty easily tie into that application, whether it be on a remote system or locally, to do your automation or do your scripting and things like that. Um, Perfect example. Uh, if I, if I go and I talk about uh, Server Core 2008, that has IAS on it, that has uh, DNS, 
Well, you can use WMI to remotely manage those applications in that server core box. So you don't necessarily have to log into the console and just be stuck at a, a DOS prompt kind of thing. You can actually be on a system that has, for example, PowerShell installed, and you can talk via WMI commands over to that server core box, and you can put a DNS zone in, or you can configure a website and things like that. So I still see uh, more and more how WMI is still here to stay. Um, another perfect example, again, with Server 2008 is um, um, the the new Hyper-V, the new virtualization. Right. They created a WMI provider for that. So you can interact with Hyper-V via WMI command. Uh, they're not fully documented uh, from some comments that I've seen online, but what is also useful as well with, with the way PowerShell works is you can actually try and go through and start discovering some of these things. You can discover, you know, okay, what what namespaces do I have access to? And then you can discover, okay, what kind of classes do I have access to? The syntax isn't always easy. Uh, like that's, you know, I agree 100% there. It's like sometimes you're trying to figure out what they've done here or what they've done there. But now, as we move along, I think things will come become better. Well, I think that's the powerful part of PowerShell is that it does allow you to discover your way through all of these problems. You can go in and ask at any point for what are the commands available here, what's the information available here, and bit by bit find the info you're looking for. I I find the situation with WMI fascinating because, you know, I think WMI stands for Windows Management Instrumentation. I've always thought of it as like Perfmon stats. The fact that we have all these commands we can send out via WMI is just a surprise to me. Yeah, it's not just a read or query. You can also do configuration and write information as well. So um, when talking about uh, PowerShell version 1, uh, one of the typical things that you, you have to do is basically, uh, if you're, you're dealing with like a remote system, you basically go do a WMI query against that remote system, pull that object down, if you will, onto your local system, and on your local system, you can actually edit the object, and then you basically do a put of that information back to the original spot for it to actually apply. Okay. Uh, with PowerShell version 2, you've got two more uh, commandlets. Uh, there's one that's uh, invoke WMI method, and there's a second one as well that's not coming to me right now that will allow you to make things a little bit more easier as far as how you uh, manage, especially a remote system via WMI will involve a couple of less steps and commands where you actually make WMI changes on a, on a remote system. So there's still, even PowerShell is still improving on its WMI support. And I do see that that the big thing with WMI is it's not just Microsoft products. There are lots of third-party products out there from Computer Associates and Hewlett Packard and so forth that all use uh, WMI as well so that you can try and integrate these different apps together. Just seem, I mean, WMI has been around a long time. It just doesn't seem like it's gotten a lot of love, and it's it's almost like PowerShell has revealed all this functionality that we've had for quite some time and just not known about. Yeah, this is all way back in what Windows two thousand or even, I don't know, maybe even earlier, but certainly in Windows two thousand. Yeah, NT four had the first WMI implementations. Yeah. Um, I found it fascinating looking into the PowerShell community a bit to find. Do you guys do virtual user group meetings? Yeah. So that was something that I started off around October last year. Uh, just before then, I had kind of put out, you know, a couple of blog postings and a couple of news group postings asking, you know, is there anybody interested in creating a Canadian PowerShell user group? I'd figured there wouldn't be enough interest locally 
to, to, to go down to a province or anything like that. So I kind of put that out as, as branded as being Canadian. Um, but of course, PowerShell still being pretty new, especially, you know, six months ago, a lot has happened since then. I, I didn't get much interest, so then I tried to just rebrand it, if you will, into just a virtual user group without mentioning any boundaries or what, whatever. Right. And um, it, it's been going relatively well. Um, the first couple of meetings, I had uh, about 50 um, logged on uh, simultaneously live, nice. listening to the sessions that were going on. Um, then the third one, I had uh, about 25, about half that. And I have one that's actually going to be uh, this uh, Thursday, February 14th. And I've, uh, I've not hit 10 on that one yet as far as people registered, but uh, I have to come back or step back, and, and I'm a bit disappointed. But at the same time, I, I am seeing some feedback that people, you know, are actually looking at the videos because it's actually recorded. Then I come back. I, I have to do a little bit of the edit uh, of the editing to the videos to, to to chop them up and cut off. You know, there'll be the occasional uh, pause and things like that to try to edit them a little bit, but but they're all available online for downloading. Yeah, it's the the wonder of time shifting there. People are coming back and saying, oh, "Okay, you know, when are the videos going to be ready?" Because you, know, you know, if they're not able to make it when I have it, that's fine. They can always look at the video later on. I just don't have any stats on the downloads, but uh, but I'm happy that people, you know, I'm getting feedback from time to time that people appreciate me putting on those sessions. Yeah, and it's effectively, you're, you're creating webcasts here uh, in sort of an interactive model. So the folks who show up to the virtual meeting, they get to ask questions as things are going on and interact with the, your, your speakers? I typically have them uh, just use chat only. Okay. So uh, as the session's going on, usually other people are speaking, and I'm just keeping an eye on the chat log. Um, it, uh, we just didn't want to get into too many questions going back and forth. Right. With, with people being live and stuff like that. So you do moderate some questions going through, but uh, it's, it's a controlled environment. Yeah, there is the odd time where, you know, if there's enough time left, I'll open it up. Uh, there hasn't been too many questions uh, so far, uh, and I kind of changed the format a little bit where at the, the first sessions were basically just voice over IP only. So basically, you could only listen to it over your computer um, as speakers. But now I've moved over to having people all call into a toll-free number, so they can it's e- they can easily talk right away as soon as just unmute their phone and they can ask a question. But uh, you know it's there you know, for people to ask questions or, or whatever, and uh, there hasn't been too many questions. So either that's a good thing, or or uh, just uh, people are just too shy or what have you. But I think they're all just getting started too. Your lineup of speakers is quite impressive. Uh, uh, Darren Morelia is a uh, uh, great MVP, uh, certainly PowerShell junkie as well. Kirk Monroe, of course, we've had on the show about a month ago, another uh, serious uh, PowerShell guy. And uh, Richard Sidaway, isn't he uh, a Microsofty? Uh, no, he's one of their, uh, I believe, a gold partner. Oh, okay, yeah. He, for, he works over in a, for a company in the United Kingdom that I uh, can't think of right now. But um, oh, he's definitely involved uh, quite a bit in the community. Oh, uh I'm excited to to have him show up. Yeah, it's a, it's almost conference like those little little a little show you've put together here. Mm-hmm. And it, it just goes to show how uh, uh, far reaching I was tr- trying to be uh, when I started this because you know, Richard's from the UK. Um, I've already had uh, uh, one speaker from the, the Netherlands, 
the reference I made earlier to the PowerShellGuide.com, uh, Mark, also known as Mo, uh, was online to present his PowerTab, uh, uh, PowerShell add-on. And I've invited a few others who just haven't gotten around to having them speak. Uh, we're, um, uh, somebody from uh, France. I've also invited somebody from Israel to come on. And I also offer them to speak in their own language if they prefer. That's cool. So it may, nobody else may understand, but that wasn't necessarily my point. The point was to just show that, you know, this is international in some respect and also that the video would be there available for them to uh, perhaps have on their blog a link on their blog in the language of uh, in their own language, you know, for people from their area to see uh, to learn more about PowerShell. Uh, obviously, Windows 2008 is now RTM. The launches are coming up. We're talking about the Heroes Happen Here launch. Uh, are you involved in that at all? Yeah. So as part of uh, of the the events, there's uh, basically going to be some uh, booths. Uh, and in this particular case, an ask, ask an expert booth, uh, where in particular some of the core and new technologies in 2008 are going to be showcased. Right. So an example will be, of course, you know, we're kind of going to have a little booth on PowerShell where we'll be having some demos and, and, uh, and things like that. And just, you know, answering any kind of questions to anybody who comes along and wants to know maybe a little bit more about PowerShell or can it do this or can it do that. And just continuously go through some demos that uh, that uh, that we have that we'll be able to show people. And and up until now, PowerShell's always been a separate install for Windows. Two thousand eight is really the first one that ships with PowerShell. Yes. So as of beta three, as of Windows Server two thousand eight beta three, uh, PowerShell was uh, at that point added as a feature. So you don't have it necessarily by default uh, going along with Microsoft's you know, security policy by only install what you want to install. Oh, okay. But uh, just through a few couple of, uh, just a couple of clicks in the, the new server manager, and you have PowerShell installed. Right. So it's not on by default, but it is on the DVD, so you can install it immediately. And because it's a feature, I'm not even sure if it would ask you to come back and put the, D- the, the DVD back in, but that... I'm not 100 percent sure. Oh yeah, I should I should check that. I've just built a new machine with 2008, so it might be a chance for me to check and make sure the PowerShell is running there. From a, from a simple you know simplistic standpoint, for people who haven't really played with PowerShell yet, can you can you can't or can't you just uh, basically do everything that you would do at the at the DOS or the CMD.exe window in a PowerShell window? Well, first. For sure, anything you can do in DOS, you can do in PowerShell. Right. Uh, it was basically created with that backwards compatibility. So, I mean, uh, there are some certain keywords that may cause a conflict, but if you have uh, a DOS batch file, you know, and it does exactly what you want it to do, you can just as easily just use that and call it right from PowerShell. Uh, that helps a lot of people who've, you know, invested a lot of time in VB scripts and things like that. Right. You can easily just call cscript.exe space your VB script path and it's going to run it as a VB script. Uh, I've yet to see something or, or somebody come up with a, a kind of challenge, you know, that, okay, DOS can do this, can PowerShell do it? VB script can do this, can PowerShell do it too? I've yet to see something that natively PowerShell couldn't do. I'm sure, you know, something will come up or there may be some particular issues or things like that. But like PowerShell, I think can do just about anything that 
DOS or VBScript can. Now, I know that, I mean, PowerShell, you know, is, uh, in its simplicity, can also be very, very powerful. You potentially, on production systems, could invoke some kind of PowerShell-related action and do damage if you don't know what you're doing, right? Yeah. Isn't, can you talk about the, uh, I'm going from memory here, but I think there's like a confirm parameter that you can use in PowerShell to, is that what it is to find out what's going to happen when you actually do some kind of action? Yeah. So for sure, they're, um, not all of the commandlets supported, but, uh, okay. uh, any of the commandlets that, that are considered to be system changing, if you will, they'll actually usually support two common parameters. Uh, there's, uh, what if and there's confirm. Okay. Uh, a what if is, is the one you're kind of referring to where I may do, you know, uh, I, I won't use the PowerShell commandlet name for any people listening that don't know it, but uh, let's say I want to delete a file. Okay. Okay, well, I can pick the file, and then I can put just a dash what if at the end. That's one thing I can do. Basically, the output's going to come back is that something like PowerShell is going to delete this file. Now, it won't actually do it, but it's going to output the exact the exact action that that would that would have been completed in a human readable form. So it'll tell you exactly what's going to happen. Yes, uh, and that's very helpful because sometimes you might create some kind of complicated pipe with filters and things like that. And at the end of it, you put a what if? Well, what is it really going to delete? Did I create my filter right? Did I include the right files? Am I going down a directory I should be going down? And things like that. Confirm uh, is similar, although it will just come back and say, you know. You're going to delete the files. Do you want me to continue? Yes, no, or... So they're very similar, except uh, you get the option with confirm to just do yes or just the default enter, and it doesn't. Whereas what if just echoes and doesn't give you the option to actually say yes or whatever. That's cool. All right, gentlemen, we're coming down to the last couple of minutes here. Uh, any things we've missed? I know there's so much more to talk about. It's it's like I feel like we're afraid to jump on a rabbit hole on PowerShell and we'll never come out for an hour. No, uh, just for anybody who might be listening in the, in the next couple of days, uh, like anybody who's interested to uh, go on the uh, the Microsoft website, uh, I think it's uh, www.microsoft.com slash technet slash script center. Um, if you go on there or even if you do a search and you look for the scripting games, uh, you basically, basically, uh, the, uh, Microsoft scripting guys, uh, there's, uh, uh, Greg and Gene, I believe, uh, that work within Microsoft on their entire script center and stuff like that. They're putting on, uh, their third annual, uh, scripting games. And that was one of the ways how I really got more into VBScript and more into PowerShell. They basically go out there and, uh, they already have a program that, that has come out. They have different categories, different uh, scripting languages. So they actually put um, some events or some uh, some, uh, some contests online. And they'll split it out usually into ten different events that they call it events. Right. So they'll right. basically challenge you to do a certain task in, in PowerShell or DBScript or even Perl if you choose. <laughs> so you're not actually writing a game here. It's a competition to write scripts. Yes. And they also, they'll count the scores. Like, they actually go through, they test all of the submissions, and they have the scores online. Cool. Huh, that's and cool. then they split the scores up by country. And then they, if somebody's part of a user group, they can put in their submission that I'm part of this user group, and then there's a user group competition. So sometimes, you know, you learn stuff by really getting in there and trying to do stuff, and that's this 
to me, this is a perfect example of of of, uh, of doing that. And it's uh, the the uh, events are always available afterwards. So if you're looking for examples of things to do to learn, you know, sometimes it comes down to you know reading a book. You may not actually uh, be really good at PowerShell just by reading a book, but you need a challenge so that you make sure you understand the basic concepts and things like that. And uh, I find the contest to be very good. And it looks like that contest is uh, runs from February 15th through March the 3rd. So this show is going to be out while the games are going on. So I just searched on Scripting Games 2008, took me right to it. Uh, the blog site is marcoshaw.blogspot.com for his Get PowerShell blog. And that'll lead you to information about the virtual user group meetings and other good stuff that Marco's working on. Uh, really impressed with the PowerShell Guy blog site as well. Uh, the fellow from the, the Netherlands, Mark, that uh, has done some incredible work. So by all means, check that out too. Marco Shaw, thanks so much for coming on Run As Radio. Thank you very much for the invitation and uh, for everyone. You know, I uh, hope you enjoyed the show. All right, and we'll talk to you next week on Run As Radio. Mm-hmm.